0: Hello, welcome to the Right Track Podcast. My name is Valencia Stokes and I am your host. The Right Track Podcast is about having interesting conversations with writers and other visionaries that you're bound to meet along the journey. Because this is the fantasy world that you enter when you pick up that pen and decide that you want to make your mark. You're the protagonist and this is your map to get you on the right track. It's episode seven, right, Willie? Or six? Oh my God. I don't even know what episode this is. I'm pretty sure it's episode six. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Right Track Podcast. This is episode seven. And we have a great panel for you today. And we're going to be talking all about YA. Could you please introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Joelle. I am a YA
1: slash NA writer. I'm currently working on a YA slash NA fantasy um book about mermaids so if y'all are excited about the new little mermaid movie um keep keep your eyes
0: out for my hopefully upcoming project that'll be done soon yes (laughs) i love mermaids i'm so happy that they're just making a big comeback (laughs) i'm so excited for it (laughs) megan
2: Oh, yeah, hi guys. Um so my name is Megan and I am a YA blogger, writer and recently a literary agent apprentice at Corva um literary agency, which is super exciting. Um I in my free time, I do some freelance editing, play with my new dog that I adopted like 4 months ago and go hiking. So, that's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think when you, when I saw your thing, I was like, Agent Apprentice? That just sounds so cool. Ooh. Like, like a
2: nice title, I will say.
3: <laughs>
0: yes, yes. <yeah. laughs> All
3: right. Katie? Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Katie. I'm a college student at the College of William and Mary and currently querying for my YA fantasy novel, uh, Chasing Fay. I run a website for uh, young fantasy writers looking to get into the genre called Fluff About Fantasy, and I also uh, write for the goddess Aphrodite over at uh, All in the Pantheon.
0: Yeah, we both know Rashmi, and she told me about her website, and she says that her son uses it, and like he's been getting so much from it. So that sounds super exciting. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> How did you get into writing and agenting, um, Joel? You say you're you. Write about mermaids right now. How'd you get in originally? Um, so I basically the first like
1: stage of this started probably like 10 years ago (laughs) when I was just like, Oh, I like really like mermaids and I kind of want to write something about it. So I was like on this like iPhone game app. I don't know if anyone's, it's something about like high school, and there was a forum where you could just write stories and i was reading like other people's stories and i was like i want to write one about mermaids so like 10 year 10 years ago ish like little high school me is like oh let me write this story and then i just kept like writing it more and like posting it and people loved or like commenting on it and liking it it was very very different from the current project that i have in mm-hmm. current generation so like over the years i've just been like I'm going back and forth between it, changing it up and like reading other people's stuff and just like reading in general, whether it's like published stuff, fanfics. So I've always been a reader and I've always just been like, hmm, what if I wanted? What if I wrote something? What if I created a new story? And that's kind of how I got sucked into writing. And like recently Uh I joined the writing community on Twitter because I went to a writing seminar and I was like, oh, I want to connect with more writers. And then this huge community just appeared before me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's other people like me. Yes. <laughs> so, I was like, yes, I'm not alone. What was that app called? Well, um, it, was, it was, I'm trying, I can't remember the exact name of it. But it was like a high school app where like, it was. It was very weird. It was like, when did I even play it? Like 2011 or something? Or right. It was, but they had like a forum on it and people were posting stories. And I was like, this is cool. And I was oh like, my oh, my goodness, I could post my own story. Let me write about this mermaid. And
0: it kind of just happened. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love it when people just fall into it. It's like, there's like a whole nother world to writing that she just oh didn't God. even know about. And mm-hmm. then- I, high school re- readers are fun. Like you must have been having a bunch of fun on there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. And like I had this whole. so on the gaming app, you could like create groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was like part of a writing one. and we kind of did like this role playing like office scenario at like this fashion magazine. it was it was insane. Like we all had like our different characters, and there was like a main character that was kind of like not specific to one person but all of our characters interacted with that one character and mm-hmm. I think mine was like this very like done up like kind of like kind of out there woman who would just like flirted with everyone and was kind of just like on the more like extra side and I was like oh this is fun this is, right. this is really like role-playing and it was just yeah. like
0: A group of us and we're making this story and I was like oh this is cool that makes me bummed because I didn't get into like I don't know Wattpad I feel like people were a big community in like Wattpad and stuff but Mm. I just I just read things I didn't even interact (laughs) with anybody it makes me mad because I know people have built like super good friendships over there so gosh (laughs) Megan how'd you get started
2: um actually kind of a
0: similar situation
2: except mine wasn't an app like I'll talk about the writing part and then I'll segue into aging because they're kind of related um but so I actually started writing I've always written stories since I was a kid and stuff but then when I was about like 15 16 um I actually got involved on tumblr and tumblr was you know, minus all of, like, the fandoms. Um, there was a subsection of Tumblr that did a lot of role-playing and writing. had a bunch of writing communities. So how I actually got started writing seriously or thinking that I wanted to write seriously was through Tumblr and this community of writers who all wrote stuff, and we would just pick kind of topics that we wanted to do and create our own characters, and we were just writing stories together. Um, and it was super interactive and collaborative, and it made me, like, one, figure out that I wanted to do this, um, permanently, but also pushed me to be better, which is really interesting. Cause you know, um, we all talk about how as writers, we need critique partners and people to help us, support, like help us get to where we need to go. Um, and this was kind of my family at the time. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I moved on to writing short stories and things like that. Um, so that's kind of how I got started in writing. It was just a very community effort, um, and super fun, um, and mess to look back on sometimes it's still really fun <laughs> <laughs> and so for the agency side, um I work in publishing like as my day job and I always wanted to be able to acquire stories and be able to work on them from like the very beginning to the end because there's something so exciting about being that personal with the writer and being able to collaborate and see you know this manuscript from all the stages become a book because how amazing is that um And um, I saw that Corvus Sierra was doing like their internship and it was remote, which is always which is super helpful in general because I was working full time. Um, So I applied. And once I got the internship and was able to work behind the scenes with querying and manuscript development, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I knew that's what I wanted to do for other writers
0: hmm Has it, I asked this question with Eric and Kelly last time, has it helped you in any way to be, um, you know, on the ground level of agenting and everything? Does it help your writing? Um,
2: well, I feel like I have a somewhat uh, conflicting relationship between agenting and writing because mm-hmm. the behind the scenes look into everything can make writing for, you know, the idea of getting published harder for me just because I know how long it can take and I know how hard it can be. And I know the amount of steps and, you know, hardships that can publishing just takes a long time, no matter what. Um, so for me personally, it's made writing a struggle and it's made me have to kind of write on my own time for stories that won't see the light of day. Like basically I had, I had to fall in love with writing again. Yeah. Um, and it's, still a process like I'm not writing as frequently as I used to but I'm slowly starting to so mm-hmm. yeah agenting was was hard to balance with writing not just because of the information that I was learning um, and transferring to other writers but just for the time too like so for me writing took a hit but for others I know mm-hmm. it can enhance it it's just I yeah. think what your writing style is and what you do and what how much you like to write.
0: I think, like, being an agent is kind of comforting. Like, the 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 fact that there is a track that is being an agent. Because, like, you might want to be a writer or you love books and you just mistake it. Some people might mistake it as, oh, yes, I have to be a writer. But if they aren't even, they don't really like it, or they aren't even good at it or something, they can still have a hand in it. So like, me, myself, when I'm like, having a crappy day or something, I'm like, I can still be an agent. Like, don't mess with me writing. I <laughs> will become an agent. Don't mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's totally valid, though. Because I mean, you know, you, you don't
2: need to be a writer to have a hand in stories. There are so many other ways to do that. So if writing's not your thing, or you don't think you do it long term, like if agent's totally an option, Mm-hmm. Going to publishing in some way is totally an option. Even doing things like marketing or social media and publicity for books, like you can have a hand in it in so many different ways. And you know, writing is not the only avenue. It's, it's what you like to do and what you're passionate about.
0: Yes, yes. Katie, how did you get started in writing? So
3: I was a avid reader as a kid, and I had a big imagination. So I really want. I just. I really felt like you know what. What if I you know. What if I could do that? What if I could create stories that people, you know, enjoy reading as much as I did? I wrote my uh, first full-length novel at 11. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like 32,000 words. It will never, ever see the light of day <laughs> ever again. <laughs> but but um, writing that really kind of put me in the right headspace. You know, like I have the ability to do this. Mm-hmm. So, I've been, so I, to- I, um, I toyed around with, you know, lo- novel length kind of ideas. And I'd always end up stopping, you know, 6, 10, you know, 12 chapters in because I'd be on to the next, you know, the next new idea. I was just so excited with the process of having ideas and building from them. So when this this idea for Chasing Fay came about, it was the first time I'd ever really seen kind of an end.
0: I saw mm-hmm. where,
3: um, where the book was going and I was able to um, really take my time and focus in on this one idea because, you know, sometimes it just hits you that this is the one, you yes. know, the one that I can mm-hmm. make something beautiful. And so I spent about eight months doing world building because fantasy is, has, you got to be grounded in your world and with your characters to make something um, worthwhile. And then I took on uh, NaNoWriMo uh, this past November for the first time, um, midway through my uh, first semester of college. And that was that was a fun time, <laughs> trying to get up uh, coordinating Mister things and um, making sure I had time to write, but I got it done. And I went through countless, countless revisions. And I really saw the story kind of start to take shape. And, you know now I'm querying for the first time and it's it's pretty cool I I really enjoy it
0: ah uh, I love your story well, I was writing at a young age too but I was the type I would write like oh yeah I'm planning out everything I was a plotter let me tell you and then me I would too, write yeah, I would do like the first page and I was like yep it's over I this is taking way too long <laughs> <laughs> and this this last one, the, the one I'm working on right now, it's been a couple of years. I've actually been working on it, but I did have that aha moment. I was like, you know what? This is actually really good. I have to do something with it. So I've actually I when I hit like page 100, I was like, what the heck? Oh, my God. I'm still excited about that to this day, even though I'm in editing hell right now. I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> Jeez. (laughs) Okay, so we're all into YA. Um, I know we're kind of, some of us are in that fuzzy line of YA and new adult as well, but what made you love young adult specifically?
2: I really loved YA because I felt that, at least when I had started reading it as a teenager, it encompassed a lot of difficult feelings and um, decisions that I had to go through that I felt no other um Audience category at the time had done for me, so it just became very relatable, very relatable, very quickly, and I just loved what it offered to me. And even mm-hmm. now, I still read YA every single day. Like you, my shelf is ninety-five percent YA, which is why, <laughs> also why I represent YA because it's my jam. um yes. But I just, I just felt like it spoke to me in a way that a lot of stories hadn't, and like you know when in like, you know, the eighties and nineties, there wasn't this kind of subsection of YA yet. Everything just kinda yeah. got lumped into adult or children's, and children's meaning very much like chapter books in middle grade. Um, and just as YA began to blossom, I think it offered so much more um to readers as a whole. And I just loved it. I I just thought they did some things that adult books I wasn't seeing in and you know, middle grade had was like a little too young for me at the time. So I just yeah think it really stood out and I don't know I just I just love YA
0: so that's (laughs) how I got into it it just became like my home at the time understandable I feel like with YA there's a freshness to the
1: voice like everything just feels like it's a new experience but it's not in that like younger perspective I feel like that when I started reading YA in like middle school and high school, I was like, oh, these are all, like, experiences that I'll probably have. Maybe not, like, taking down the government per se, but who knows. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just, like, going through, like, um, feelings of, like, crushes and, like, friendships and, like, all the different types of breakups that happen, like, uh, breakups with, like, your significant other, breakup with your friends, and just, like, conflict with your family. So I felt like, Oh, when I read um YA, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me and not some like adult or like some itty bitty child that I'm reading from. This is like someone who is who has like the same feelings as me and the same like experiences as me, or I'm gonna have the same experiences when I'm like a little older. So it was something for me to look forward to into my blossoming teen years, I guess, and also just be like, okay, this workout for this person in their teen years, this thing did not work out for them in their teen years. Mm-hmm. Let me use that to help guide my experience.
0: That's also kind of dangerous, because I remember looking at books and being like, oh, yeah, I'm about to have the best teenage years ever <laughs> that I got to it. And I'm just like, Hi, mom. Every single day, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's me too. I guess it's like
1: a way also to vicariously live out my teen years. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the baby of the family. I have like pretty strict parents, so it's like you know what? If I can't sneak out and like go meet a boy, then I'm gonna read about someone else who could do that and be like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> um, I fell in love with YA because I feel like. I feel like it captures this youthful emotion like no other genre really can. I think it's such a broad range of topics. It touches can touch on romance or tragedy, um, broad imagination and falling down and getting back up in a wide range of contexts from contemporary to fantasy. And I mean, I I read every, you know, YA book I can get my hands on. I mean, me at the bookstore I mean, it would be crazy because uh, the storekeepers would see me uh, walking around with, you know, a stack of, like, 20 books high, like, all the way up, like, past my head. I really don't know how I managed to balance that many. But um, YA just brings, I think it's a great way to kind of take a step back from your the real world and think about and just kind of just enjoy a good story. I think why is one of those genres where it doesn't matter kind of what it is. You can just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. Um I just...
0: I love why because, you know, all the same reasons you guys said. And, like, I just never really got excited by the adult books. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they... Yeah, I read I, I watched somebody's YouTube um, video and they were like, yeah, I'll read a, a description of an adult book and be like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll read that. But when you read a young adult book, you're like, oh, my God, I must read this. And I really agree with that because only with YA, I'm like, yes, let me go to Barnes and Noble right now and go pick it up. I've never really done that with an adult book. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just it, it it awakens everything. Contemporary fantasy, I'm pretty partial to fantasy. Uh yeah, and I think it adds value to different points of your life wherever you are. That's what I think. Do you have any favorite authors? I like Uh-oh. one favorite
1: author is Marie Lou. She wrote the Legend series, uh Young Elite series. Uh, <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. I <laughs>
1: love her so much I like I'll reread the legend series and just like cry every time oh my god I have to read it oh it's, gosh <laughs> it's like it's like if you took Les Mis and made a dystopian America Ooh. and basically made it a enemies to lovers trope it's amazing It's okay fandom. I love it so much and like just- I think, I think the reason why I love- Love her. Sorry, I think the reason why I love her so much is because she has such simple writing, but it's also so descriptive, and it just sucks you into the action. She she writes um action really well. I feel, Mm -hmm. but also getting like the emotional and like internal side of her characters.
2: Wow. Anybody else? Um. Yeah. I have I have a few. I actually wrote a list when you said the um the question, because I was just like, I'm not going to remember this on the spot if I'm asked. Yeah. I can't forget, I, forget I ever read when someone yeah. asks these questions. Um, so one of my favorite authors for sure is Patrick Ness. He writes pretty much every single genre of YA. Um, and I remember I had gone to a talk with him, and he's like, I have to write something new because I want to challenge myself. And I was like, wow, you have big goals. <laughs> um, but his writing is just so compelling, and introspective and he's I've read pretty much every single book by him ever um and he has like I don't even know like 10 of them it's insane um but other authors that I really love um Adam Silvera for sure Anna Marie McLemore Alex London Akemi Don Bowman Leigh Barduga um Claire Legrand is another one like I just have a lot of I have a long list pretty much but uh, <laughs> all these authors—they do different things really well and I always feel like their books are both this combination of really
3: good, powerful description and emotion. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, they're great. My favorite YA author of all time is uh, Sarah J. Maas. Uh, She wrote the Throne of Glass series and the uh, Court of uh, Thorns and Roses, which is my absolute favorite series of all time. Um, Her writing style is very unique. I actually, I had a chance to um, meet her at a book signing uh, in 2014 right around the time that Court of Thorn Roses was coming out. And, you know, listening to her speak about kind of her writing process and how she, um, you know, would listen to music to kind of put her in the mood for writing different scenes, um, it really inspired me to continue uh, writing. I love the intensity that she brings to um, all of her characters and the fact that she throws in... Random plot twist that you would absolutely never see coming, mm-hmm. <laughs> and come out of left field. You know, several books later, and, and I, I just, I love that about her.
0: I love somebody that can pull off something like long term. It's just, it's mm-hmm. mind boggling, and I'm still, I do not know how you do it. So, uh, let me just update my TBR real quick. That actually wasn't a podcast <laughs> question. <laughs> We'll give, you, we'll give you like ten minutes to look up all the books. You'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Why? We kind of talked about this about in pertaining to like why you love YA, but why do you think it's so popular?
2: Um. I have, I have a lot of feelings on this, but my main my main reason for why I think why is popular is because it, I believe that why just hasn't. You know, has just taken something that other genres haven't offered in a really long time and has given teens the ability to see themselves, particularly with this push in YA for diverse voices and diverse stories and diverse authors that are absolutely needed. And for me personally, like one of the reasons why I was never too drawn to adult is because I felt like it was similar storylines happening over and over and over again. And why yeah. it just offers a freshness, like, you know, this was said before, but it just really does something new. For the
0: book market, and I want it to continue to grow and expand because of how important I feel that it is. And I know about a dozen people just like flipped out, like you're saying that adult books have too many oh, things that yeah. are similar. Mm-hmm. YA has a bunch of similar stuff, which I, is I, true. I, well, it <laughs> is, it is. But I just think that I,
2: I mean, I will, I will argue this point for sure. Um, yeah. I just think there <laughs> isn't as much of a push for change in adult as there is in YA. Um I, agree. And I, I feel like they YA is pushing boundaries that have long been needed. And I hope that it continues to do so. And you know what? If it translates to adult, fantastic. Let's do it. Or mm-hmm. even if we get the case of new adult, where this is a defined category and we can get these older and newer voices in here, like I'm totally fine for that too. Yeah, and I hope that yeah. I, I I want it that way.
0: Absolutely. I like to think that as we all get older. And I'm not gonna say we'll grow out of YA because I don't think that's something that really happens. But maybe people are like, okay, now we're taking over the adults, and maybe the adults will get a little (laughs) bit more flavor because like I need it. (laughs) I think that's
3: one of the great things about YA is that it's such a versatile genre that it appeals to a wide range of people. Like there are people who are, you know, late elementary school, starting reading YA all the way up through, you know, grandparents. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the just the best things about YA is that we can we can touch on every subgenre through YA.
0: Yes, yes. And like Mm -hmm. everybody grew up with it at this point. Like it's new, but it's not so new that it's been around forever. Everybody that are big advocates for it right now, they were around when it started blossoming, which I think is very interesting. Does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Joelle, what are your thoughts? Um,
1: Kind of just like what everyone else is saying, and just like how you were saying that we kind of grew up with YA, like, mm-hmm. I w- was probably, like, in, like, end of middle school, beginning of high school when Hunger Games came out. Mm, yeah. I was so excited with Hunger Games, because I was like, oh my gosh, it's a female protagonist who's like yeah. the one because like I loved Harry Potter and everything and like but I was like you know he's a dude like sometimes I can't relate to like what dudes are feeling and just like being able to relate to all of these different things that Katniss is going through who by yeah. the way has the same birthday as me. Oh so my I'm gosh. Like-
0: yeah, that was great. <laughs> I wrote, you have that lead us to the next revolution. <laughs> oh, man, no. I
1: wrote like, one of my college essays, on because it was about, like, what's a, what's a fictional character you relate to? And I was like, Katniss, because we have the same birthday and, like, uh-huh. other reasons. But I was like, we have the same birthday. So it's, like, <laughs> kind of, like, things like that and just, like, her family relationships and just, like, her relationships with, like, Gail and Peeta and just, like, her... Her finding her place in the world and her role in everything, Mm -hmm. that's kind of just, like, I feel like that's a big theme for, like, the teen years and, like, being a teenager. It's like, oh, who am I as a person? I'm not an adult yet, but I'm not a child. So, like, where do I fit in the world? And I think a lot of people relate to that experience even as they grow older and they're not specifically in the target audience for YA but like Mm -hmm. a bit older they're still trying to ask that question like how do I fit in the world and what can I do in it exactly
0: Joelle please tell me that you wrote about astrology in that essay please tell me you were like we are both (laughs) Scorpios We definitely talk about like
1: stubbornness because that's a huge Taurus rate.
3: Uh-huh. And I'm just like, no, compatibility she's so <laughs> What'd you say?
2: Testing out the compatibility Zodiacs, like yes. we can get along with <laughs> yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a Where thorough essay.
1: <laughs> 500 words. I don't think I would have been able to fit that.
0: Oh man.
1: Uh,
2: that's not enough. <laughs>
0: So we did touch on this, but like there is a debate going on and there are people trying to, you know, shame us for loving YA, even though we're we're not old. But, you know, everybody is older and whatnot. But and and there are people who are old. That was a wrong way to put but like there are people who are trying to shame older people for reading YA which I would like to point out to me young adult I'm literally a young adult even though I'm 22 that's a pretty young adult but whatever we won't get into the semantics of it but what do you think about that old debate of people you know sticking around YA for way too long
2: uh i I get hit. this is another one of my hot button topics. Um yes. I, I, I believe that you no know, matter your age, you could read any book you want. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, if you have thing, if you have, you know, subject matters that you're not comfortable reading and stuff, that's that's a different topic. But adults can read YA. I mean, I you know, I'm 24, so I am out of this teenage category. So I technically don't qualify for this the the audience group that it's meant for but I, I don't see why an age has to stop you from reading anything. What I do think that we definitely need to keep in mind is that, you know, these books are for teenagers. Yes. So when I see reviews for books from adults, that they're like, this is so unrealistic. Why are teenagers like this? I'm like, "Well." this book wasn't written with your perspective as an older person in mind. Yeah. So it's, it's just remembering no matter what you read, that these books are written for a certain age group of people who have experiences that as you get older will differ from yours. And once you can respect that, then I think you're totally fine to read it just as long as you're not pushing out other, the voices of the books you know, that
0: they're meant for, then it's fine to me. You can read whatever you want. That is a great point. I I've thought about it that way, but like you really put it you put it down flat. Like I think also authors might have a little bit of trouble with that. Like they're just like, yep, here's a YA book because they know that's where like the audience is, and they mm-hmm. kind of are going for those themes. And but they are too afraid to like, or you know, they just don't think about. Okay, this is probably more adult new adultish and like mm-hmm. you not it's like I know the new adult space is kind of it didn't I don't know I this is just my perspective and what I've heard about it like people kind of abandoned it after because it was just romances and hot steamy, mm-hmm. steamy stuff so like people kind of abandoned it and like kept with YA but I really do feel like new adult could be YA just mm-hmm. tackling cooler not cooler subjects but tackling <laughs> yes like we're cool the, the entire subject matter kind of yes stuff. yes yeah, yeah no I, steamy time I'm no, I'm <laughs> um
2: i
1: think um randy Ribay, Ribay. i can't i don't know how to pronounce his name which is horrible because he's also filipino um oh, the author yeah. patron scenes of nothing he did a Twitter thread recently about like people asking him why he writes YA and he made a like a really good point about um, how YA is very centered on identity formation and just like self-reflection so he made a point where it shouldn't only be teenagers who are reflecting these points and if you're an adult you shouldn't be um, asking yourself these questions when like a tragedy happens you should always be asking yourself Um, Who am I? Um, How do I fit in this world? And what can I do in this world to change it? And it's, he, I just feel like that, um, as um, we said before, like YA is perfect for like, all um, age ranges to read, whether like like you're a little bit younger, a little bit older, but it is specifically for the teenage point of view, which is very much Mm about like, who like who am I as a person? Um, what will I become when I'm older and whatnot?
3: I I agree. I think one of the reasons that why it appeals so much to adults, especially people kind of in the college age and perhaps a little older, is because we are still questioning, you know, who we are and where we fit into world. I mean, I know I I still have, I mean I don't have it figured out yet. I don't think any <laughs> of us have it figured out. I oh. think it takes a long time. <laughs> and I think that's why we love. YA because it really kind of tackles these identity questions and finding our own, finding our voices and finding our place. And it's a great way to kind of escape from your own kind of identity crisis and put yourself into someone who's figuring out just like you.
0: Right, right. And I think it's super, it's a point to be had that the author's, are older sometimes like they can be twenties, early twenties, late twenties, thirties, forties, they can be they could be all ages. And we all have different experiences at different points. And the point that they could be trying to share could go for any age. And like the the osmosis of experience is going through the books for all ages, which I think is super helpful. Um also um why do you think people dismiss the merits of YA books? Um.
2: Oh boy! <laughs> Another one <laughs> all funnels into the, the the topics that I constantly rage about. Um, yes, I'm trying to push all the buttons. Okay. <laughs> um, I think people dismiss it because they don't value like writing from a teenage perspective as being something of a literary merit. So when you have stories that you know, let's say the classics, right, as an example, mm-hmm. um, they hold like there are people who hold that like YA and other stories up to that standard of, well, if it's not a classic and it doesn't have, you know, this long winded kind of experience. It's not valid. Um, which is, you know, definitely crap. Um, so when they have YA books, you know, that are talking about, you know, falling in love or saving the world, or, you know, just trying to figure out who you are, your sexuality, um, and who you want to be, like, we just kind of rule like people will rule them out as just not being as good as these classics or, you know, they're for teenagers. And what if what if teenagers have to say about the world? They don't know anything. And I'm just like, okay, that's really great to share with people who are going to grow up and shape this world, like a plus, right. um, so I think a lot of people just lump YA into it's for teens. I don't need to read it. It doesn't matter to me when I'm like, if you read these books, you'll understand that there's
0: so much more being said and so much more conversation that needs to be had about them. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's a great point. I, I've, I've never thought of it in that particular way, but I, yeah, I don't really, I don't identify with a dude in boarding school in the fifties. Like it doesn't pertain to me or my <laughs> <Exactly>. life. <laughs> Some of those classics, I'm not gonna lie, kinda trash. But you know <laughs> what? I don't want to get
2: roasted. Don't worry, all have I understand. Um, I think like
1: the the way that people dismiss YA is also it kind of mirrors how like older people dismiss just like millennials and oh. teenagers in general. It's yeah. just, like, Oh, just, like, looking at these younger folk, like, oh, they're, like, ridiculous. I would never do that. Meanwhile, they're, like, the same generation that had, like, wood stuff (sighs) and everything. So I'm just like, are you you sure? Are you sure you did not have these same experiences? They might not be exact, but they're pretty similar. (laughs) Like, Uh and just, like, the concept of, like, the teenage years and being a teenager is... I feel like it's somewhat relatively new, very Mm -hmm. like post-World War II where you have, oh, you have this age group of people who are not children anymore. So you can't like coddle them and take care of them. But you also, they're also not adults and can't enter the workforce. And like, what are you going to do with them? And I I feel like that's kind of reflected in like movie musicals um, and like musicals in general, like Grease and West Side Story. Mm like the whole that there's like the whole song in like West Side Story where um the the Jets are talking about how like oh like we're bad we're basically bad no matter what we do like no one like really cares about us and just like so I feel like that attitude is still reflected to to today's society where it's like oh you're not like you're not like a child where I must like take care of you and you can't really do anything but you're also not an adult but it's like a huge identity crisis it's like what are you so i feel like people also put that onto YA books because oh because of that same voice that's um being that same voice <laughs> of like of like the young the young adult voice and everything and the young adult experience so like other people may be like oh what is experience i don't know how to pinpoint it or like i don't understand it so I feel like that's why people are like, "Eh, I'll skip over YA," even though it's very valuable.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you hit my um hot button topic, the millennial thing. I'm just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like they okay, Generation Z and millennials are two different things, first of <laughs> all." And yeah. millennials are like They're grown. They're married. They have kids. They're paying bills right now. And people are Mm like, oh, my God, millennials. And and even Generation Z, they're not that bad. I mean, if you look at the Parkland kids, they're getting stuff done in politics and stuff like that. So I'm like these kids, I mean, they might be doing some stupid fire type challenges and stuff. but (laughs) They're the other ones who are actually getting things done. So. Yeah, that's my that's my two cents on the millennial. Thing. I actually saw this article before we did this chat, um, where this, the, the millennial
2: discussion was brought up, and it had this really good line about how um, older people use the word millennial to dismiss things that they see as like infantile and unworthy to them. Yes. And I was like, I was like, oh, damn, that is a really good way to summarize. That's a really good point. The problem um, with yeah.
0: <laughs> the the i've I've just seen so many sick burns where millennials are like, Oh yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but you can't even boot up a laptop, so be quiet oh <laughs> that yes, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Katie?
3: I think I think some of the same people who dismiss um adults reading YA the same people who dismiss the merits of YA in general. I think I've read several um articles and opinion posts where critics like to classify YA as still children's books. Oh. They think they think that like reading, you know, youthful books somehow make you less of an adult. Like mm. they make like they fill your head with some sort of fluff that's going to, you know, keep you from getting the serious stuff done and i don't think i don't think that's valid at all i think you know people just want to read good books and if they yeah. happen to come from ya what does it matter i mean we i think a lot of readers they don't care where they get their books from or what genre labels they have as long as they enjoy it and it's a good book
0: you're very right and you know what so i'm going to take it a step further y'all y'all might be mm-hmm. y'all might be mad at me for opening mm-hmm. this can of worms but mm-hmm. they also don't like it that women are on the forefront don't uh, like, it. <laughs> uh, like i don't even like I don't think people uh, go into it like, oh my God, it's a woman doing it, so it sucks, but I think it's like a you know a subconscious thing like so you know when women like things like makeup or you know boy bands or something, immediately it's just like it's not that good, especially teenage girls it's just it's not it's not as good as So and so, I bet you if you were to read *Tom Sawyer* right now, people be like, "Oh yes, enjoying the classics. How nice!" But like, (laughs) but if you're reading like a gargantuan young adult book that touches on so many amazing topics, they'll be like, "Ah, nah, whatever, no." Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Um, A good example I like to bring into
2: this conversation when we talk about how women can get pushed aside in writing in general, particularly in YA, is um, Victoria Schwab, how for her adult fantasy, she wrote V.E. Schwab. And then for her YA series, she writes Victoria Schwab. And when asked about it, her, her answer is that if I didn't use some kind of ambiguous name, in adult she would never make it in adult because she will automatically be dismissed because you know a woman can't write fantasy let alone like a high fantasy novel like she wrote um but i think this discussion is very valid and completely correct that there's some problem with women being able to write books that are good number one Mm -hmm. and then also being able to do them really well um and i think this once again ties into this kind of like similar to like the millennial idea that like women like women's stuff are infantile they don't know what they're doing and if we even get lower to teenage girls that they don't their opinions just don't matter. Like it ties into that this idea that like oh well they're young and like you know hysterical you know yeah, yeah. young and, young and
3: foolish.
0: Exactly. yes yes so what,
2: what is what are their opinions matter when like logically if you look at this from like a uh, statistical standpoint Teenage girls are a huge market. And if you look at, say, bloggers for books, there are a lot of teenage girls pushing really good books and getting a lot of attention on books because of their voices. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. they, like, women have a place here. And if YA just happens to be women dominated or predominantly that's what it's seen as, like, good. Like, let it happen if they're making change and writing books that are inspired and helping people and helping teens, which is what they're written for. Yeah,
0: yeah. They don't want to see us thrive, yo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have anything to say about that? I think it's, like, funny because
1: one of, like, I consider The Outsiders by Essie Hinton a classic. And I remember reading in the back of the copy, like, an interview with her and how she couldn't say her first her, couldn't couldn't put her first name on it and had to go with the initials route because um she thought that people wouldn't take the outsiders seriously and it's about like gangs and violence and just like teenage boys and just like from the perspective of a young teenage boy in in the country so she felt that no one would take her work seriously and I think the outsiders is a very it's it's a is a very like riveting point of view. And I feel like I wouldn't be able to experience that in any other way. And I mm-hmm. feel like I don't dismiss her for being like, Oh, she's a woman. But I know when I first read it in like middle school, I was like, Oh, that's so cool that a woman wrote this. Like mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that also helped me be like, Oh, I want to write like cool and like hard topics like this. Like, I'm not in a gang or anything. I'm not a greaser. (laughs) And like, I can do that. And I feel like people are scared of what women are capable of writing and just like are stuck in the mindset. They're like, oh, women only do this or like they only do that or like they don't understand like all this stuff when obviously we do.
0: Yeah. Like I said before, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even going to, I know people are, oh my God, why? Like, I don't think that way. Not all men think that way. I don't even think it's a a conscious thing. I just think like we've all kind of, I sound like I'm just trying to revolutionize the podcast (laughs) or (laughs) now, but no, like we've kind of been programmed to just, you know, interpret it that way. Like, even if we don't feel it, I've even caught myself a few times. I'm just like, wait, hold on why do you think this particular way? But I bet you if it was a guy, you wouldn't be thinking this particular way or to, or flipped around. If, if, if it was a woman, like it's just, it's one of those things that you got to circumvent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th-
3: I think as um, as writers, we just got to keep raising our voices and doing, you know, doing what we do best, which is write and just keep writing and keep speaking up and putting our names out there mm-hmm. until we change the tide. of Yes that
0: particular issue. Definitely, definitely. So, um what tro- this it's kind of we went from a heavy topic to like a very light topic. <laughs> what tropes do you love or hate in YA? Uh I'm
3: definitely I'm probably gonna be an odd one out because I like I like a lot of the tropes that a lot of people say are tired of <laughs> I like the you know the outsider protagonist and the good girl with the bad boy trope because I'm partial to all that romantic fluff. I like <laughs> I like um I enjoy rebel characters and overthrowing governments and administrations and all that kind of thing. I think strong female characters is, especially strong female main characters, where the whole story revolves around kind of their journey is something that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I also like um, just the concept of the fantasy trilogy. I think a trilogy is like the perfect length, almost, for a series to be. You kind of, you get to know these characters over a period of time, but it's not, you know, it doesn't stretch on forever. I know a lot of people think that, you know, fantasy, if you're doing a fantasy series, you know, it shouldn't be three books because that's been done so many times. It should be, you know, four or sometimes two. But I just I think three is kind of that perfect, that perfect sweet spot.
0: And even though I talk about like loving or hating tropes, I'm right with you. Like mm-hmm. I always talk about how I will read fan fiction or just hear another book. And I'm just like, yes, this is I I want this. These characters in this love hate relationship please put them in there i don't care how cliche it is i want to read it it's like <laughs> definitely <laughs> what do y'all think Jill? <laughs> oh
1: i always think about this all time most of the tropes that i love are about like shipping because i just love love oh, yes. i love um yes. oh. okay so like my favorite my favorite ship of all time first of all is zuko and katara from Avatar Last Airbender. Even though, um,
0: that was what my joke was gonna be about. I'm mad. <laughs> no. It was just for you. Uh, but
1: anyways, with that with that preface, preface, whatever the word is, I really love characters that have parallel backstories and just like how yeah. like they interact with each other and just like how the the parallel backstory like comes out and helps the other person understand understand the other so much more it's kind of covered in the Throne of Glass series um by Sarah J Maas not kind of it is covered <laughs> but, um I love like the idea oh, I wish Zuko and Katara was canon because they had such a perfect parallel backstory with like m- moms are taken away from them by the Fire Nation um they have like the brothers and the siblings and all these other things, uh, I wish they were canon because I love the parallel backstory and how they're able to help each other overcome whatever um, tragedies they need to overcome or whatnot. I just said that twice, I think. Um, (laughs) But like helping each other because they're like, I know you. I feel you. I had this experience. This is how I dealt with it. And I think it's covered a little bit in like the Harry Potter series between Harry and Ginny, where Harry's like, "No one understands me because I had the Dark Lord inside me," and <laughs> Ginny's like, um, "Excuse me, my entire first year I was like taken over by the Dark Lord." Excuse you. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Parallel stories. <laughs> Let me say my problematic bits. Don't, Joel, don't don't chase me off of here. I actually do like Aang and Qatar. <laughs> I don't. I'd like both of them. I. I think I. She's one of those characters where I can ship her with everybody, kind of like um. Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, dang, what was the second problematic part? Um, I forget. Never mind.
1: <laughs> That's okay. You do you,
0: boo. Yes. <laughs> well,
2: to the to the Avatar point if we open up the can of avatar i'm going to be here for a long time so i will not do that i have so many feelings um right um so for like my ya tropes because what joelle will connect with this when this webcat when the web chat is over because i have feelings (laughs) Um, (laughs) for my YA tropes that i love i've been getting super into like multi-point of view stories lately um especially when you can feel each character like so intimately on the page like that's why i really love six of crows by Leigh Bardugo because of how mm. every character was connected and you could see like all the threads come together and the yes. amount of like introspection was just so well done um so I, like i love multi-point of view cast a lot um in terms of shipping i'm another one for like enemies to lovers and like the slow burn um romances as well like sign me up for those and like I will be super excited. I mean, I hate, I love hate slow burn because I'm like, I know you guys are going to get together. It's going to be great. But I'm like, God, am I really, I got to read like three books for this. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I also just really love like best friend stories in YA too. Like yeah. either like both like the romance aspect and it's like a main character having like their best friend who is their like ride or die and like, you know, if you hurt my best friend, like you will die. I'm like, yes, I love it. Um, <laughs> so more of
0: those stories. I'm always like, yes, give it, give it to me. This was the second problematic thing. I actually didn't like Harry and Jenny. Like, uh, actually, I was, I was very cliche in liking him and Hermione. That was just that oh, just went to put that in there
1: too.
0: They would have. I Ron was okay. I have a newfound appreciation for him, but he was he was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah, just a little yes. <laughs> and Hermione
1: would have been great.
0: Ah,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> ship her heart. I
0: can't. Yeah, my boyfriend gets mad because every time we watch a show, I'm, yep, I ship it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take long for me at all oh my gosh that's a touch of mood that's me (laughs) now this is another hard conversation what do you think of cancel culture in YA I know earlier this year a lot of people were mad because there were two books that got um canceled because of like just some problematic themes in it and people weren't very happy about that saying how it kind of you know takes away free speech and they didn't think it was that bad and stuff and i can kind of see both sides but i'm interested to know what you guys think is it is it necessary to have cancel culture or you know call out culture a little bit on ya or do you think we should not do it i think with those books in particular it was
1: it was like somewhat necessary because they weren't really they they, they had very problematic themes in it so it's like yes call out the call out the author call out the publisher and call out everything hold them responsible which i think is the main point of cancel culture is that we're trying to get people to take responsibility for their actions because i feel like that a lot of the times they just like throw caution to the wind and just like do whatever and be like, I can do whatever I want. But yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but expect the backlash, expect to take ownership of it, don't just throw it aside and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And I think with like those two books in particular, um, I feel like if you're not if you're not in into YA and you're not reading or writing or like in the YA business, it seems very like chaotic. Yeah. Well, like, once you're in once you're in the monster you kind of understand the monster. Mm-hmm. So, I felt like that a lot of the backlash on the on the criticism of like canceling a lot of them were like outside perspectives who who probably and most likely have never read YA and are are used to like things being the same as they should be and they're like, "Oh, people are people want these people to be accountable for their actions and to like, and like correct their wrongs. Oh my gosh. And it, I feel like it's almost like a self-reflective thing where it's like, oh my gosh, what are all these things that I'm probably going to get called out on and the fact that they're upset that they're being called out on and not the fact that they did something that was hurtful to other people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with all of those points. Um, I think they're 100% valid. I also think with this topic of cancel culture, um, and calling out specifically authors and publishers, is there a larger issue here where publishers will tend to just hide when things like this happen or mm-hmm. when, you know, a problematic book gets called out, they either won't make a statement at all. Um, and it'll fall all entirely on the responsibility of the author to kind of, you know, decide what they're going to do with their story and how they're going to approach it. Um, Or in some cases, the PR statement that will be released from a publisher is very um, shielded and kind of like not taking responsibility for what the problem was. They'll just kind of be like, oh, we'll just, you know, pull the book or we've, you know, heard your concerns and we're just gonna cancel the book without really talking about the deeper problems at hand, which is that um, a particular community was misre- misrepresented and readers were hurt by this book that they had you know, acquired and spent a lot of money on and were yeah. ready to sell. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of this call out culture is getting the publisher and you know people who make the decisions to acknowledge that there needs to be some kind of change and there needs to be more people from diverse backgrounds, having a hand in these industries, um, that higher up are predominantly white, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what's really behind this culture is, you know, we need to take responsibility for what's going on and understand the readership, particularly in YA, you know, like these, these are going to teens who are young, and they're growing. And for a lot of marginalized communities haven't seen themselves in books, Mm -hmm. you know, and media representation. And needing to have these portrayals you know show them that you know they're not stereotypes or just you know horrible people and so yeah i think that's what's behind the culture
0: yeah I think we could all probably make up our own press release for some of these publishers now. We mm-hmm. are deeply saddened to see that we have annoyed some people or made some yeah. offended some people like it's so easy. They mm-hmm. I think it would be nice if we had like larger conversations and it wasn't taken upon the readers to actually have to do it. Exactly. That would be nice. Mm-hmm.
3: I think I also, want, I also want to present kind of a counterpoint uh, to this is we have to be very careful within this cancer cu- cancel culture mm-hmm. about the difference between um, things that are, you know, racial or homophobic or marginalizing communities, of stereotyping versus controversial issues.
0: Yeah. Because I think there
3: are definitely yep. books that are being blocked out um, that are dealing with... Um, controversy rather than um, things that are actually um, I guess offending people's um, gender or sexuality or um, culture. And I think we have to be very careful in um, kind of looking at these books and making sure we're not coming at it from a point of bias yeah, rather than um, you know something that's that is you know blatantly offensive
0: katie you took my argument (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely think like there there's a fine point between okay this is a book and it has some themes that people are going to maybe be offended by but it's actually trying to like progress the conversation and then there is a difference between a fantasy book and there are dragons running around and talking and but the evil person just so happens to look like like another culture in our world and you're just perpetuating stereotypes for our world revealing your own biases so I think there's a difference between those two that makes sense right <laughs> yeah yeah, so like, and also, I do think cancel culture is, I don't think, I don't know about it, ma- it makes it sound so, you know, heavy, like, yeah, we canceling you, but like, I do think it is useful because these people can finally know, like, hey, we are holding you accountable for like the bull crap that you're trying to spew because. It is YA, and the people that we're trying to, we have a duty to is to the young adults. So, like, they're forming opinions and everything, and you can't corrupt that with like any crazy biases you have in your own head, you know? So, and then we're, we're, we need to represent other uh, cultures and whatnot. So, it's very, it's very weird line to like try to shuffle between, but. I think I right. I do think that the cancel c- culture is needed a little bit, but I I definitely don't think oh yeah go kill yourself because you said oh, no. this this and that yeah like not <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah you know it, well yeah I know none of us think that, but like there are like those yeah. two people that's like oh yeah you need to kill yourself like some people just take it way too far
3: yeah some people take it too far we got we have to be like again we like you said we got to walk that very fine line because. Frankly, I don't think anyone can write a story that's going to be entirely correct in all circles and all opinions at all times. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we are curbing, um, I guess, negative generalizations and stereotypes without destroying creativity.
0: And that's what the sensitivity readers are for. Woo! Uh, (laughs) uh, So, um, ladies, thank you for getting canceled with me on that particular discussion. (laughs) We're going to have a crap store on Twitter. No, I'm joking. I know. (laughs) Um, is there any advice that you have for people who want to start writing or reading YA and also, um, any, any advice that you might have, Megan, for apprentices and whatnot? Um, yeah. Okay, sure. Um.
2: I think if you just want to, you know, get into YA, I mean, you know, there are a lot of ways to find new YA books that are coming out. There are a lot of wonderful book lists by Barnes and Noble or bloggers or Goodreads that if you're looking for a theme or a genre you want to dive into, like you should do it and just pick one up. Um, and I believe that the more you read YA, the more you are able to write YA. Um, mm-hmm. And I say this for all um, writers in general, that if you want to, to write a particular genre or audience group, you need to read it in order to learn more about it and understand what the writing process is behind these different genres and audience categories. So my pretty much main advice is just, we'll see what's going on and pick a book that you think will speak to you and I hope you find it. Um, For the agency side of things, I mean, if you're thinking about being an agent or you're curious about it, I mean, there are a ton of great resources um, to find out more, but if particularly if you're thinking about being an agent and wanting to represent certain genres, um, the advice that I just gave still applies. Like, if you want to represent a writers who are writing these stories and type of stories, you need to be able to read them and know the market and know what people are looking for, like publishers and editors and stuff, and just what also is in demand from our readers. So I think the bottom line is if you keep reading and you'll find out more than you need to know.
0: Hmm. I'm just imagining somebody getting into agenting because like, yeah, YA authors is where it's at. I'm going to make a lot of money, but like YA. (laughs) And then like, they are just lost because of the incredible community that we have cuz i'm sure they would Not be able me. to sniff that yeah, out I, real quick. <laughs> yeah, for good thing too, you know. It's
2: like I, I think you learn more about the community that way by reading and even just like dipping your toe into twitter. I am an advocate for if you're writing or you want to know more about publishing, like just get on twitter just because there writers are here and publishers are here and you could see what's going on and see the opportunities that are available, but yeah, no. Um, i could do a whole like episode alone on how, You know, agency is not your fast track to a ton of money.
3: So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, to Matt next week, she'll be on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <There
3: you go. laughs> I want to second that point just about reading as much as you can. The more you read, uh, the more you read YA and the more you read the YA subgenre that you want write to in, write in, the better prepared you will be to write. Uh, just kind of take note of, you know, what works in YA, what interests you, what makes you excited about a story. And once you're actually ready to write, just just write. Write as much as you can and just write it straight through, even if it's terrible, because you can always go back and fix it. Your main concern when you're writing a first draft is getting to the end. Yes. Because... There's a great quote, I think, by uh, Neil Gaiman that your second draft is where you make your first draft look like what you knew what you were doing all along. Mm. And I think that's, I that's that. such a um, that's so true. Like I, when I um, when I started editing, I didn't realize you know, how true that was going to be until you kind of start going through and you're like, you know, well, this is crap, but I can make this, you know, better by writing this or by changing this. So you just have to write and get to the end so you can make it better.
0: Yeah, nobody should ever lay eyes on your first draft. I heard that quote before.
1: (laughs) Never. (laughs) I guess my advice for anyone who wants to start writing YA, um, don't be so afraid of the process. Like I'm still writing, I'm still drafting and writing and I feel like oh, I'm not prepared enough to do this. Or like, oh, I don't know how to get to this point or anything. Um, Or like, oh, I can't write the scene until I write this other one that happens like 10 scenes before it. Like if an idea pops up, write it. If it's like in the middle of the night, write it. If you're Mm -hmm. like in the shower and your phone is like right next to you, hop out of the shower and write it really quickly. Because as much, it's, all about like putting your idea onto the paper and like everyone has said before the second draft is where you can make it not look like poo poo and everything <laughs> just get the idea down on paper because that is the very first step and it's one of the hardest
0: hurdles to get over all right you just gave me flashbacks to me waking up in the middle of the night from a dream and I'm like oh my god that is perfect <laughs> I'm writing it and then I wake up at nine and what the hell was I thinking? This is trash. (laughs) But more often than not, you will get gold. (laughs) So thank you so much. Could you please take a moment to promote yourself and anything you have going on? Okay, so um, thank you
1: for having me. Mm -hmm. If you love my rambling, um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Joelle underscore Sarah with three A's. So J O E L L E underscore s-a-r-a-a-a um I go on rants about like ya I tweet a lot about ya and just like social justice issues sometimes about corgis and um I talk about the different projects I have and and you can check that out in my bio
0: I swear I love her twitter so much like I'm just (laughs) like where did she find all these great? like oh my god uh, I, I never really like my stuff because I'm like oh my god I swear Thanks sometimes I just have to visit and just go down the line like okay like 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 I hope she doesn't think this is weird like 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 <laughs> it's a wild ride on my twitter so yes.
3: <laughs> um Katie all right so if you're uh, looking to get into writing uh, YA fantasy please come and uh uh, Check out my website, uh, fluffaboutfantasy.com. I cover uh, topics from uh, world building and character building through drafting and revising, all the way through to the querying process, which I'm starting now. Um, Please follow me on Twitter at katie c a d y hammer. And I'd love, and uh, if you're looking for uh, a good read, if you're interested in um, Greek gods and goddesses in the 21st century. Um, please uh, check me out I write for Aphrodite over at allinthepantheon.com and I'd love to hear from writers and readers alike
0: yes follow her I, I swear I went to your Twitter and you just published something and I'm just like yes and it gives you a kick in the butt so I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of posts about mm-hmm. your publishing and that is just so exciting can't wait to stalk you some more <laughs> <laughs> Thank Megan. You. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. Um, and I always love
2: chatting about all these things. Um, but yeah, you, my main platform is Twitter. So you can find me at Megan underscore Manzano, which is spelled um, I also have a website where I freelance edit, which is meg-edits.com. Um, and I also have a blog, which you can find through my Twitter, because I have a pinned tweet with that link, my agency link, Um, and if you're writers or readers that are looking for book recommendations, writing threads, querying threads, anything that pertains to just the publishing industry in general, because I definitely go on rants very often. Um, and if you want cute puppy pictures, because I post those at least once a week, you should follow (laughs) me on Twitter.
0: Look, you just everybody just rushed over to your Twitter page. Oh, so <laughs> my follower count
2: just went up like eight hundred. Yes.
0: <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited. Like Apprentice just sounds so cool. So like I'm so excited to see like where your career goes and everything. Uh, you're probably gonna have your own publishing company or something. Can we join? <laughs> That'd
2: be, I mean, that'd be amazing, but you know, I'll see I'll, you. Managing a business makes me a little scared, but you know,
0: we'll get there. We'll get there. Good luck. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining. You guys are awesome. Bye.